Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. Let's get crazy. This is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and that was my piss-poor impression of the Joker. That's what Ig and I discussed this week, uh, possible leaked pictures of Jared Leto as the Joker or possibly a Juggalo. Who knows at this point? We also give our thoughts on where we think Avengers Age of Ultron is going. Uh, keep in mind this was recorded prior to the movie's release. We then look at the possible future for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as maybe The Punisher showing up either on Daredevil or in his own standalone series on Netflix. That and so much more, ears open. Let's do it. Hey guys and gals, this is Alfred with another issue of Comic Book Characters. Hope everyone is well out there in the CBC universe. As always, I've got my co-host, Ig. Uh, you out there? I am here, loud, hearing you loud and clear, man. You're coming in, uh, loud coming in clear. crystal clear. Nice. Thank you, Skype and... Oh, don't don't uh, don't say Skype. We're going to have to pay. Oh, we're gonna have to pay no, okay. Uh, thank you, Skype. Yeah. And, by the way, dude, how, how's that sando that you just had? Pretty good. Uh, just peanut butter and jelly sandwich, went to your dish. Oh. And, um, That's a yeah, pretty solid choice. Classic. Uh, I knew it would be easy to make and easy to consume, and uh, I'm all about efficiency <laughs> when it comes to my food products. So, yeah, I'm happy with it. You know who's not, uh, not a fan of efficiency? I would guess. Uh, not a fan of. Are we talking about food here? Are we just talking about in general life? Just in general, and generally speaking. Who? Um, Jared Leto's version of the Joker. <laughs> okay. Are you talking about the photo that uh, that really did destroy the internet? Like literally, just the broke the, broke internet? the internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am talking about that photo because you know those tattoos are not efficient in any way shape or form um yeah what the hell man what were they thinking like unless i'm not even against i'm not against tattoos at all on the joker that's fine uh, as has been yeah. made the point has been made um by some people that the joker has had tattoos in the past so that's fine whatever give him tattoos in the comic book I don't yeah care. but these tattoos yeah. were like so it's just so dumb they're so literal it's like Oh, I'm just going to yeah, put it's... ha 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 on me because I'm the Joker. <laughs> and then like a, an image of a Joker and then a smile. It's like you don't need all of those tattoos, you know, maybe one. Even then it's kind of a bit much. But like maybe something that's not so just literal and like, I don't know. Uh, it's so on the nose. It, yeah, it really is. And uh, it's. Uh, yeah. And then the cherry on top the way... is. is damaged across the forehead which oh that's the worst one that, that was is by far the worst one like i know we talked about this off air but i'm okay with all of the tattoos really because you could you put them in clothes and if you keep them in clothes it's fine like even if you see him one time in the movie without any clothes and that's what he looks like yeah. that is annoying as all hell but if it's just one thing it's not a big deal Keep him in clothes, it's fine. But that damaged tattoo on his forehead, oh my god, is it's, it's terrible. Uh, it's like, what, is he like the basis to avenge sevenfold? <laughs> it's uh, 
is he the second guitarist to um, P.O.D.? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's an even better reference. Um. Um, but, like, you know, somebody uh, – I saw somebody on Twitter that compared that, – that, okay, well, their, their take on it was the Joker's tattoos look like what – like somebody who's an aunt who has no children of her own <laughs> – and was cool when she was like twenty, but is now forty eight. Right. Is you know would think is cool. <laughs> right. Like if she designed what the Joker would look like. Um, so I th- it's, yeah. it's terrible. I think the counterpoint it's is terrible. What if they weren't going for cool? I mean, Joker historically has always been a character that is morally reprehensible, but had a bit of cool to him. You know, he's like a guy that right. even while he was doing <clears throat> heinous things, was kind of funny and did some things that made him seem uh, you know not like a traditional villain uh there was a you know mm-hmm. he he would have I, I wouldn't say he had any redeeming qualities but he no, was he's funny, not even right? an I mean, anti-hero but there an were there were definitely things that he's got a he's he's got pop he's got pop right? he's and got style to him he's got something right that like you, you would you would i mean i think you could easily argue and we've talked about uh, you know, with the Batgirl cover controversy podcast, right. um, how the Joker is, I, I think, maybe even without argument, the number one supervillain of all time right. in comics. I guess the word to... And, yeah. de- and definitely one of the big three for DC with Batman and Superman in terms of identifiable characters. I, I would agree. I mean, I don't even think it's really even close. Maybe Wonder Woman. Um, to be honest. In there, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, he... he, he like I said, he's, he's he commits heinous crimes, but... He does have a certain charisma to him. You could see how people would would want to follow him, you know, um, as a leader. Um, yeah. But since historically he's kind of been that kind of guy, and certainly Heath Ledger played him that way. Where, I mean, fuck, that was like the most popular Halloween costume after that movie came out. You know, people, <laughs> as much as they could look at that movie and see that Joker was clearly the villain, a lot of people I think wanted to be the Joker. They liked that kind of anti-establishment yeah. personality. Um, Mm-hmm. But I, but the, I guess the counter argument to this Joker, this Jared Leto Joker, is that maybe we should just make the Joker be an actual like hateable villain. And is there anything more hateable than like a fucking uh, <laughs> insane clown posse like, a juggalo? like Juggalo? Right. I yeah. I mean, I can see that as a strategy. I just don't know if that's the best strategy because it's one thing to make a character actually be. Uh, you know, egregious to the point where you lament that he exists. Right. <laughs> um, but I feel like this depiction of the Joker is so distracting in a way, um, and it, it sort of depowers him because you just can't take him seriously. It, and yeah, again, going back to that <clears throat> facial tattoo with the damage across his forehead, it's just like you can't, you just can't take that guy seriously. And if you can't take him seriously, then how is he going to be a threat, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it certainly doesn't come across but, as, like, super villain, you know? Like, it looks like a guy who's just completely out of control. It looks like somebody who would be a follower, if you will, like like a third or fourth banana in, like, some villain posse, but not, like, the main dude. Not the main guy. Yeah. Right, because the main guy... I mean, what is the old adage? And I know you love to... <laughs> when I do this, because <laughs> you're like, that's not a thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
But, like, if you're really cool, you don't care if you're cool, right? Like, you don't try to be cool. You don't try to look cool. You just kind of do your own thing. And, and ultimately, that's what people gravitate towards. That's a really long old um, adage. I'd never... Yeah, it's super... Yeah. They you were, have that written they on the wall back in the day. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> somebody somebody crocheted that. It's up on their, it's on their mantle. So maybe we don't um, have anything to worry about, though, because... Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully. Calm down. The Joker... <laughs> may not actually have these tattoos in the movie, um, according to some stuff that I saw online. And God damn it, it's really hard to like attr- find. I don't know. There's so many damn like websites out there that some of them just don't seem credible at all. But it it seems yeah. like at least um, there was some kind of industry insider who tweeted that uh, that the photo was just a promo picture. It was done uh, to essentially. As, as part of a, a tribute, if you will, to the Joker character, uh, being that it's the 75th anniversary of the creation of the character, and that uh, in the movie he actually will not have that look. But anyway, right. even well, if... We can all hope. <laughs> even if that's not the case, I would think that, I would hope that at least, unless, is filming already done with Suicide Squad? I wouldn't think so. I think it would be like... Awkward. No, 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 it's not done. They're still in, in, yeah. in production. I would think that even if this were joker's look that the public outcry here the public response would kind of force uh the movie studio and dc to to go a different route uh, i think the people have forced their hand loudly right? here and this is not a very popular look yeah and and that's true and there's so much money into all of this that i think they would have to look at their response and and acknowledge it um has anyone actually tried you know, you, to figure out what's written across his like belly his body yeah. yeah it probably says oh god what do you think it says it probably says i think it says jokes on you yeah i was gonna no say, way so really that's exactly what i was gonna <laughs> say yeah <laughs> oh man uh oh you know it either says like jokes on you or like he who laughs last yeah or like, and then on his back, on his shoulders, it says "laughs loudest." God damn it! It so does. It says oh, that. Oh, you're so right. I just know that it does now. Or it could say "tears uh, of a clown." Oh, yep, tears of a clown. It could, yeah. So, I mean, when you told me that news, because obviously the outcry was was strong and was fervent uh, when the picture first dropped, and then it wasn't. It wasn't until a few days later when you told me about that story that you saw. Uh, hopefully that is the case. Now, the other thing you actually, we talked about off air and you had mentioned, maybe this is a strategy by DC to kind of leak something out to see, to kind of gauge what people's reactions were going to be and maybe adjust accordingly. And if so, very smart move, DC. Yeah, I think so. If, as long as you change it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you just go, go ahead with it, then, uh, I think you're going to have a lot of upset people. But then again, you could also just have Joker wear clothes for most of the movie. Uh, that's not going to solve the damage just get, tattoo. Just but get rid of just get rid of the damaged part. I mean, you can actually keep all the other stuff, but if you get rid of just the damaged tattoo, you would be, you would more or less be okay. Well, there were some. There's uh. some other stuff too. He's wearing a ring. He's <laughs> got a tear <laughs> tattoo. He's also wearing yeah, I saw the tear tattoo. like a grill, like fake teeth. Oh yeah, we hadn't even talked about the grill yet. Oh my god, oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, just I'm small tangent, uh, but I actually remember reading an article um, last week, late last week, and it was a, uh, and I, I have to find it, um, but it was, 
basically a, a leaked papers or leaked documents from Sony Pictures before Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. And it was basically a list of things they wanted Spider-Man to do or to be into to better relate to millennials and to get a millennial audience to watch the film. And this is like a terrible list of things, including Peter Parker should listen to dubstep. (laughs) Um, Spider-Man should do CrossFit. (laughs) Um, one of the other things should he be was, into Mumford and Sons? <laughs> right. Um, I think I think no. I think there was going to be a scene, or there was a thing in the where they were talking about maybe he should be in, uh one of the set pieces should be at a music festival. Mm. And it's just like, oh god, this is this is why I'm so happy that Spider Man is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe family in hands now in Marvel Studios hands. Yeah. Because that that shit scares me when I see stuff like that. It's just it just goes to show you that even even mm. we're even though we live in a world now where comic book fandom and sci fi fandom and all that stuff is like at a frenzy and a peak and, and, and like it's mainstream and you know people don't have to kind of hide their love for these things anymore. It's it's really celebrated, and there's a lot of voices to be heard uh, in terms of the fans. The, the execs at the end of the day are so disconnected yeah. from this this material that they can just make some really terrible decisions. Well, but, you know, that kind of drives home the point to me, too, with, the you know, this Joker look and what you're just telling me now about Spider-Man that, dude, we're, we're getting older, man. Like, we're going to get to a point where, like, the, the movies, these types of movies are going to be made for a completely different audience. Like, they're going to have people our age in mind but in the end the big money is going to be in the younger crowd and so unfortunately i think that's kind of the way things are probably going to go well and here's the problem and i mean i agree that that's probably going to be the case but the thing is whenever you gear towards a younger audience like that that audience and this is true of us too when we were that age but it's it's everything is 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 centered around fads you know it's it's all this kind of flash stuff that doesn't last long for the most part and it's usually the most ridiculous of things so you know for instance like rave culture or like you know you know even grunge culture grunge culture to an extent back in the day um these are things that aren't aren't that sustainable and when you look back on it looks very uh it doesn't age well yeah so you always have to be careful with that kind of stuff. Um, one of the reasons I like Spider-Man 2 so much, this is the same Raimi Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock, is that there's not a lot in that film that ties it to to a uh, to a specific time period. Mm. I mean, there there are definitely things there, but it, it, for the overall story, it's it's sort of timeless in a way. So, uh, but yeah, so hopefully Joker. <laughs> Uh, this Joker pick is just what they said it is—a Photoshop uh, promotional tool. Although, if I'm DC Films, I don't know if I want like some crazy picture being associated with my film. Like, <laughs> you know, that's that could be a misstep uh, for DC, but I guess we'll see in the future. It certainly seems to be. I mean, when 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 the main reaction you're getting from from people in 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 your prospective audience is, ew, like that's probably not a good thing. 
Uh, well, here's the other here's the other problem, and as we're about to switch gears to talk about some Marvel stuff, Marvel Cinematic stuff, it's one thing if you're doing Ant-Man and you're doing stuff that upsets people or it's not what they were thinking or, like, it's a little edgy or, you know, pushing the envelope in any way or being – or lame in any way. If it's Ant-Man, it's like, well, who cares at the end of the day, like, you know, it's Ant-Man. You can take gambles. This is the Joker. Like, yeah. This is one of the characters you definitely need to get correctly in terms of the tone of the character. Especially since, especially after, you know, the whole, I wouldn't say controversy, but, you know, when the Batman versus Superman trailer came out, there were certainly a lot of people who were not happy with it, including yourself, um, in that you mm -hmm. felt that the, they weren't getting the tone right. And here's another example of an image where people feel like <laughs> it's just not quite Yeah, it, it's trending in the wrong direction yeah. with... I also kind of wonder, right like, because <clears throat> has it been confirmed if Joker is actually going to be part of the Suicide Squad or the villain in the movie? Because he's never been in the Suicide Squad in the <clears throat> comics, right? Yeah, no. Harley Quinn has. I suspect that he's going to be the villain because Harley Quinn is going to be a part of Suicide Squad, and she's definitely connected to the Joker. Right. So they're probably going to play up that relationship in some capacity, and uh, you know the the fact that they're going to be adversarial, probably. <laughs> semantic uh universe this is the week big marvel week. We've oh, been, sorry I avengers mean, week yeah avengers week avengers assemble week um this is what we've been waiting for uh it's gonna most likely be the biggest movie of the summer possibly the biggest movie of the year got to see how star wars does at the end of the year um it's gonna be those two one and two well, you know what I just thought about it, and I don't know if this is done on purpose or not, but Avengers is probably going to be the biggest movie grossing of 2015 because Star Wars doesn't come out until Christmas, right? So you only you only have like a week. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, for for 2015 totals. Yeah, so Star Wars might end up being might end up getting more or end up uh, grossing more, which is probably likely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't come to that conclusion, but I feel like it's. They're they're the safer bet to be to come out with more than Avengers, but but yeah, I mean, in not not so much in just a week of uh, being in theaters though, of release. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you you say that because I actually was just looking at an article this morning, and they're projecting that the international box office for Avengers: Age of Ultron, which I think has been out for about a week or so, uh, has already over grossed over two hundred million dollars. Mm. In just international. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and then with pre-sale tickets, uh, this is just pre-sale tickets for Avengers of Age, Age of Ultron. So for, I think, really just Thursday, you know, just for what the tickets that are for, like, the, the you know, what they consider the midnight showings, right. um, it's tracking to make over, I think, $60 million. <laughs> wow. For just Thursday, That's for incredible. just for just the midnight showings, so I mean, there's there's a world in which this film tops international by by Sunday four hundred four hundred and fifty million dollars. That's insane. I What's mean, the that, budget? That's almost half a billion dollars. That's a good question. I do not know. Right, if you keep go on talking, to I'm look it up. try maybe Box Office Mojo okay. if you're looking online, um, but. 
you know, that's crazy. You know, there's a lot to talk about uh, Avengers possibly hitting the $2 billion mark internationally, which actually it wouldn't be the first film to do that. All right, I got the budget. Believe it or I not. The budget. Okay, what's um, the budget? $279.9 million. So they've okay. almost made a profit already. <laughs> they've almost made a profit, and technically the film hasn't released yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, or at least hasn't been released in the American market. So that that is crazy. I mean, it's not crazy, because, I mean, it totally makes sense. That's and, why they know, made I was this talking movie. To my, yeah. I was talking to my dad about this uh, the other day. And, by the way, my dad... He loves all these films, but for whatever reason, he really loves the first Iron Man. He has watched that first Iron Man film, like, probably 40 times. Wow. For, by the way, I love your dad. Your dad is amazing. We need to get him on the show, at least some audio. I, uh, yeah, but I'm a little can, surprised because your dad grew up a huge Captain America fan, right? And also a Superman Captain fan. Captain America and Superman. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So why isn't he more um, of a Captain America I, movie fan? He, he just oh he really does like Captain America a lot, but uh well two two reasons one he loves Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark yeah like my my dad is just a fan of Robert Downey Jr. being Robert Downey Jr. Right. like he literally spent some time uh, about a year ago trying to find a pair of sunglasses that oh, wow. Tony Stark wears in one of the movies. He's like, I want those glasses. Have you ever caught him and like, then, like, in front of the mirror like doing lines from Iron Man, but like trying to do it? No, like a no, but, but I constantly find him or alluding to wanting to find clothing that he's seen Robert Downey Jr. wear. <laughs> uh, and that's not a joke. That's a okay. real thing. But the other reason why I think he's seen the film so many times is my dad is not adept at using technology. Right. Much much in contrast to, to Tony Stark himself. Um, so he at one point had the Iron Man 1 Blu-ray in his Blu-ray player. Okay. And I guess just either didn't take the time or, you know, wasn't interested in trying to figure out how to get it out of the Blu-ray player. <laughs> and so whenever he would turn it on, there was Iron Man. He's like, all right, I'll watch this. Well, and it's on. Just... I might as well watch it now. Yeah. So he'd like iron... He. <laughs> Ironically, or not ironically, but just oddly enough, he would iron his clothes for the week while watching Iron Man. I'm not joking. That is awesome. A... That is so the appropriate thing to do while watching Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, so he was he was maybe, he was trying to be Iron Man. Well, yeah, he was literally the Iron Man. He was Man. literally ironing. Yeah, he was literally ironing. Um, but he, so he just watches it, like, on repeat, like, all the time. Like, he's just constantly That's watching. That's awesome. And, and, I mean, so it's really funny. Um, where was I going with that? Have you, has he ever said... I don't know. I am Iron Man. No, but what he likes to do is um, uh, uh, sometimes like Robert Downey Jr. will do like these kind of mannerisms with his hands or these gestures, and my my dad will will like kind of try to gesture out like uh, like Robert Downey Jr. does or Tony Stark. <laughs> That's so cool. Like okay, you know what? I, I take it back. Um, one time he he was wearing some glasses or sunglasses and he took them off, but he did them kind of like the way Robert Downey Jr. does. <laughs> right. And then he goes like, "I am Iron Man." So he did say it one time. He did do it. Does he ever refer to you as Jarvis? No. That would be kind of cool if he no. did. I I wouldn't mind it so Jarvis, much, honestly. Some tea, please. And then you'd have to come out. Ah. Uh, yep. I mean, it's living yep. the fantasy. I, I mean, it's you know whatever. A little bit. I you know I want him. I want him to enjoy 
Yeah, where were we going with this? <laughs> I really don't remember now. But anyway, um, <clears throat> now the thing about Avengers, and it is Avengers Week, and really excited. I'm actually going to get to see it tomorrow. Uh, going to take my mom, um, who is recovering well, by the way. Uh, but uh, we're going to go tomorrow night. So for next week, which I know you're. Uh, not to get too personal or private, but I know you're going to be going on a, a vacation of yeah, sorts. Yeah, no, let's let's get personal. Um, let's get okay. real personal for a second here. Um, yeah, I foolishly um, scheduled my honeymoon, which I'm very excited for, uh, the day that this fucking movie comes out. Um, I'm going to Spain for about two weeks, and yes, I could probably find a movie theater that's showing The Avengers in Spanish or with English or Spanish subtitles, but... Um, it really doesn't matter for you, though, because you're, you're bilingual. It doesn't matter so. to me, but it's also kind of a hard sell, like, uh, on on a honeymoon to be like, hey, um, just going to go watch you this uh, comic book movie. <laughs> you know what you should do? You know what you should do is book when you're in Spain and you're at, like, in some, like, villa or whatever. Right. Book, book the wife... Like a two-hour spa. Oh my god! Massage like a massage package. sesh. Yeah. Holy little, shit! Little oil sesh and some hot stones, and be like, "Enjoy, my lady." And then she's like, and "Well, then, I want you to be there." And then I have to like pay a guy who kind of looks like me to kind of like be <laughs> under a towel for two two. Wouldn't hours? be that hard. I don't. In think, Spain, I might actually. It might not some. be too hard actually. Yeah. And then just just kind of hoof it over to the local Cineplex, and okay, so I get it. And and honestly, if I were in Spain for a week or two weeks, I don't know that I would want to devote two hours to an American film. I can easily see when I get back. Um, but at the same time, kind of a cool experience if you do get to see Avengers in Spain somewhere. Yeah, I mean, there's there might like, be some downtime. So uh, who knows? Who knows? I might come back having seen the movie. Um, but I'm not counting on it. Uh, I'm probably going to come back, and everyone's going to have spoiled the whole movie for me, everything that happens, and even the, like the post-credit sequence. But I'm still going to go watch it anyway, probably in 3D. Probably just buy like one of those supersized buckets of popcorn, and then just yeah. proceed to just make myself feel terrible for the rest of the day. But um, That's okay. That's what Avengers is for. Avengers <laughs> hasn't come out quite yet officially in the U.S., but reviews of the movie have already been trickling in and at as of right now wednesday about noonish april 29 avengers yeah. age of ultron has a 72 percent rotten tomato score not too bad wow not too bad i'm i'm sure that marvel series is hoping for something higher well if you're on rotten tomatoes now i am what did what does Iron Man three have? I'm just curious. Before I tell you what Iron Man three has, Marvel's The Avengers, which came out in 2012, which was the first Avengers movie, had mm-hmm. a 92 percent Rotten Tomato score, which is wow. pretty insane. I also want to read you some of the reviews from Avengers of Ultron. Um, no spoilers. Though, no, right? none of these are spoilers. Uh, this uh, let's see, lovable characters. There's much to like about Avengers: Age of Ultron. There's some good ones. Uh, Joss Whedon shows us considerable gifts for multi-character air traffic control. But I want to read you this bad one because it's from a New York Post critic, Kyle Smith, who looks so incredibly pretentious in his photo. And he says, writing and directing Avengers Age of Ultron 
Joss Whedon proves he has superpower of his own. Mediocrity. Oh, what a God. dick. All right, Iron Man oh, 1. Is that God. what you wanted me to look up? Iron Man 3, because that, that one was, was very, I believe, uh, uh, liked uh, really well. But I guess Avengers 1 would be the better comparison. Iron Man 3 got a 79% tomato rating. Okay. I think... Did you not I'm like Iron Man 3? I've defended that I did. Movie I watched lot. it yesterday, yeah. actually. I watched it, uh, no, day before yesterday. My mom and I have been watching all of the films. That's right. Like so you're you. almost there yet? I mean, what's left? <clears throat> almost there. We actually are one behind because uh, of... Uh, you know because of stuff but but we're gonna try to double up either today or tomorrow and we'll we'll be completely caught up by the time the film starts uh before we go to age of ultron um it's been a really fun experience by the way so anyone who is really liking or really into this whole marvel thing marvel cinematic universe take take some time plan it out make a marathon it's fun it's really fun to watch them all kind of in a row like that Um, did you watch the hulk movie with uh yeah with Norts. Norts. Yeah. Uh, yep. Got my Norts nice. on. Um, I I like Edward Norton. You know, I've always been a big fan of him. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is by far my favorite Bruce Banner Hulk uh, actor to play those characters. But although there's it's not really Edward Norton's fault. There's a lot of weak acting in that Incredible Hulk film. Yeah. Uh, having you know because i've been watching all of the films you know so it's a lot easier to compare but when you know you watch incredible hulk and then the first thor even and i'm not saying the first thor is like amazing it's it's enjoyable they're all you know they're all enjoyable to some degree but the acting in thor compared to the acting in incredible hulk is like night and day (laughs) so what were we gonna say about iron man 3 did you find that you liked it more than than you had oh yeah no, I did. I liked it a lot. I really, I really like that they kind of keep Tony out of the armor for most of the film. Like, I think that adds an interesting. I do too. Like, to I, I don't know. I thought that movie did stuff that none of the other Marvel movies have ever done before. Um, the kind of uh, the banter between the Tony and the kid. I oh, the thought kid. Was yeah, like that stuff's great. Pretty edgy for a Marvel movie. Um, mm-hmm. And. Uh, I, I, I actually defend the movie with, with the way it, it uh, handled the, the, the Mandarin character. I always knew that that was, I love it too. That was an impossible character to, to, to bring into the Marvel Universe, to, at, least, at least as it was presented in the comic books. So if you're going to do right. something different, why not just blow it up? Like, do something really radically different. And I thought it was cool. It was like a real swerve on the audience. And I always, I always love, I, I love that stuff. I love when, when movies take chances like that, so... Yeah, I defend. I really I do agree. defend and, that and movie. I I think it's a lot better than people give it credit for. Um, oh, and, definitely. And well, and it did really well commercially. It did, it did really really well. I think it made over a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. So. And I'm not even just saying this as an Iron Man homer because Iron Man Two was really bad, and I don't ever want to watch that movie again. There, are, you know, pretty much anything that is not Whiplash related in that film is pretty good. <laughs> Like, again, having watched all these films, and I, I can see it with a certain perspective, it's the, really just the Whiplash character that brings that whole movie down. Um, any interaction with him. And I don't think that's Mickey Rourke's fault, necessarily. No, I thought he was actually uh, good I mean, in that it might role. Be, yeah. but, but it's just the way that character works. He's he's a little too cartoony. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of throws the whole film off. But whatever. Um, so... Avengers week, right? Um, not everything has been peachy keen for Marvel this week, unfortunately. 
Um, something that I don't want to get too deep into, uh, just because I don't have the, the source material to really reference it correctly. But there was some controversy with some comments, uh, some actions by Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and Jeremy Renner. Um, in terms of their press junket, some of the things they said right. were, you know, not the most PC or... Well, essentially, Robert Downey Jr. walked out on an interview because yeah. they were, the guy was asking very personal questions, which... Very personal which questions. Which is whatever. I mean... his past. Uh, as, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a real-life reporter, actually, uh, reporting in the yeah. field. So I can, I can kind of... Uh, you know, I, I know that press junkets are just kind of fluff, so you're not really supposed Ugh, to like. They're terrible. You're not supposed they're to sit the worst, there and like man. ask really pressing questions. It's not really part of the kind of unspoken contract. But at the same time, it's like if you get a chance to interview one of these guys, you know, I, I think I think it's okay to ask these kind of questions. I don't think the interviewer asked it in a necessarily completely insulting way. But at the same time, I could see how someone like Robert Downey Jr., who's probably had to do like a million of these, would. That's and that's the problem yeah. with these press junkets is that. It's you're you're doing forty interviews in a day, right? And and you know you and I have a journalistic background, and yours is even much stronger than mine is. But you know we kind of know what goes on behind the scenes. And for a normal day to day person that isn't involved in this industry, like it, it's just such a tedious thing. Oh yeah, um, right. For for both sides, for the reporters, and but especially for the actors because they're just. Going and going and, and it's going not just having to do forty of them, but answering the same question over and it's over. It's the same ten fucking questions. Right. What was it 40 like playing times Iron in a Man? Row. Yeah, how is this cast? You guys seem like you have a lot of fun together. Is it really that much fun? Are you guys friends Offset right. too? Are you are you like, anything like Tony Stark in real life? Which one of you guys is the uh, is the comedian? <laughs> Like it's just they're the worst questions. Yeah. They they're they're really bad, um, you know. And really, with a film like this, you didn't need it. You honestly didn't. There, there's yeah, but you know what? That's standard. Could've... It's standard Hollywood stuff. It I is mean, standard. It's just, it's it is standard. Does. You just but um, beyond the controversy surrounding certain remarks and things. Oh, and, and can I go into the other um, one really quick before you before you? Keep yeah, going? yeah, yeah. Because um, they asked. Uh, it was uh, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, who plays uh, Fuckeye, hashtag Fuckeye, and um, we got to get that trend. And uh, Chris Evans, who obviously plays Captain America, uh, they were asked about Black Widow, um, Scarlett Johansson's character, uh, basically about some storyline about her possibly hooking up with one of them, but ending up maybe hooking up with uh, with Mark Ruffalo or as uh, Bruce Banner. Uh, I don't know. That might have been a bit of a spoiler um, for this next movie. Um, and uh, Jeremy Renner makes this comment about how she's basically just a slut. And they both laugh. And it just kind of makes them both look bad. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of person where, like, that stuff doesn't offend me. Like, it's just two dudes right. shooting the shit. They probably don't even think that, like, that's going to see the, you know, the light of day. Um, keep, yeah, keep in mind, this is, like, the 45th interview they've probably done that yeah, day. Yeah, I like, mean, you, I, honestly, though, if you're... You know, uh, not defending a, a, it, a, a, a public persona, and you're being interviewed, and you're on camera. You should have a better presence of mind than to like to realize that that's not gonna, you know, that that's probably not the best thing to say, and it's probably gonna be picked up by someone, and you're gonna look bad. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. come on, like, can well, we just not get offended by fucking everything that anyone says? Yeah, like, you, you've always a been ch- a big. Prof- 
you've always been a big proponent of the of or the uh, or anti the Twitterfication of of America and media and, and yeah, I hate it because it just takes kind of like society. five dudes on Twitter to to create a controversy, and it's like I I mean I get why you know regardless of the context or tone, and yeah, I I know that they were joking, and if the thing is, I saw. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel did this thing about a week or two ago where he had the entire cast of the Avengers um, on at one time. And they even played like a family feud game. And those those actors have all been around each other so much. They do have kind of like this family bond. Right, right, right. And they goof around the way kind of a family does. And you know how you like – I know you you know you have your brother, Rodeo. Right, shout out to Rodeo. And you and him – and even, yeah, mm-hmm. friend of the podcast uh, – and even you and I, you know, we have this really long-standing friendship that is basically like a familial relationship, right. and we say really fucking terrible things to one another. And we're just trying to time. get like a reaction the out of the other, or like just <laughs> yeah, it's mostly it's just like to see what happens. And that's kind of the that's I get the sense that that's kind of the relationship that those actors have with one another. Like for instance, just as a small example, when they did the Family Feud portion of this. Uh, thing on Jimmy Kimmel, they come back from commercial, and for no reason whatsoever, they all have these name tags. Well, Scarlett Johansson took both of the Chris, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, she took both of their name tags, and she put them on her boobs. Like, I mean, they're playful like that. Um, And you you could see Jeremy Renner and Chris Evans making this joke to Scarlett Johansson in the mall, like, laughing. To Scarlett Johansson, exactly. And that probably happened. Now, again, it's like I understand what you're saying. Uh, it's unfortunate when you can't really take into consideration a lot of other factors like their relationship and what they actually mean. And they're obviously joking and so on. It's just that, you know, when people see it in print, you can't necessarily get the emotion behind it a lot of times, and then people react. It was so um, clearly a joke. You know, at the though. same it's like time, people just need to lighten up. Like they're just yeah. joking around. Okay, maybe it wasn't in the best taste, but it's not like they're like out there promoting rape or like something. You know, like they're just, it's just it was a silly joke. Just move on. Like it's yeah. not that big a deal. I, it should. Yeah, it it probably shouldn't have been as much of a story. I can see why it was offensive. I also I understand why people got offended. But with as with a lot of things you know, in day-to-day life, it's nuanced. You have to look at context. You have to look at what what are they really saying? Why are they saying what they're saying? It wasn't a smart move. Um, but, you know, hopefully uh, they can just move past it. And, and, they, and they both, you know, after seeing the reaction, are maybe going to be a little more conscious of what they say in these kinds of uh, I, Yeah, settings. I guess. I mean, I understand that, like, so that kind of word might be like a trigger word uh, for some people who, you know. And yeah, it's a trigger. I get it, whatever. But I just wish we could yeah, all I mean, just kind of like can't... just deal with it better, you know? Just be like, okay, that, you yeah. know, probably not the best choice on one of words, hand, you don't want to margin. I don't margin... think these guys necessarily right. are like the enemy or are out there, you know. Exactly. They're not, they're not trying to, they're not trying to advocate for anything like this, right? They're not promoting that kind of. Right that sector of society or whatever, you know, that would actually uh, engage in And in the in end, it was in the context of a joke. And yeah, we all tell terrible jokes. We all tell jo- jokes that don't really get a lot of laughs. But in the end, we're just trying to like joke around and have fun. And that's all it was. So 
I don't know. I I think people overreact to stuff yeah. like that. I I would say I I, and I yeah I and I agree. I see both sides of it. I just hopefully they learn. You move on, and we learn to deal with things. So you said. As well. Just Be- all the okay, way before around. I kind of gave the description of what happened in those two instances, you were about to make a broader point, which I don't know what it was. But okay, no, what I was say is that beyond those kind of controversies, uh, which Marvel has, they've kind of moved past anyway. Uh, got, got a kind of a bigger thing, I think, or something that isn't being as widely reported, but is also significant, is that uh, Weeds, Josh Whedon, um. I think he's just broken, <laughs> man. He's, I think he's lost his mind a little bit. And I love Joss Whedon. Yeah. Make that very clear. But he's been saying kind of a lot of negative things, or what could be constituted as negative things, about Marvel Studios, about his experience with Marvel Studios, about his experience with the Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, you know, very, you know, I, I follow both of them on, like, Twitter and it's in sharp contrast to like James Gunn, for instance, who is like constantly posting happy things and how excited he is about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And he loves the cast and he's always goofing around with stuff having to do with the characters. Whedon is just like a man that is broken and beaten and just wants to crawl into a hole and be left alone, it seems like. Yeah, and the timing. And I don't yeah. blame him. I don't blame him. I mean, if you look at this film, and it was something that you brought up uh, very early on uh, when they first announced the movie and kind of who was going to be in it, is like you were just, I believe what you said was that's a lot of fucking characters. <laughs> quote unquote, um, yeah. Quote unquote. Like, it's it must have been a Herculean task to to get this film off the ground and get it made and have it make sense and try to balance the characters and the storyline and deal with the promotion. And I, it's exhausting just, just talking out the list of things that had to have happened. So I, I can't even imagine, but yeah, he's been, Whedon has kind of just been saying that like, you know, for instance, one of the biggest things was that he was really upset that Marvel brought back, uh, agent Coulson, um for agents of shield right right but the weird thing is he produced agents of shield and i believe he wrote the first episode that brought back agent colson and not only that the whole reason they brought back colson was that people the fans is after avengers came out uh they started this whole campaign hashtag colson lives and it was such an overwhelming response that Disney slash Marvel said, well, people want Coulson. We, we got to bring him back somehow. Yeah. I find the, I find the timing of this really interesting. Like, I don't understand why Joss Whedon's saying this now. Maybe he feels like because he's not doing another Marvel movie that he can finally speak out and he's kind of been holding this stuff in, but it does seem a little weird. Like right Mm -hmm. as the Avengers is about to come out that he seems to be kind of distancing himself from, from the project. And it kind of worries me about the movie actually not having seen it yet. Um, you know what I th- you know what I think it is. I don't mean to cut you off, but you know I saw this interview with him, and he said that after making Avengers: Age of Ultron, he felt like he lost. Mm. That's what he said. He said, "I feel like I lost," and I suspect that maybe he's distancing himself because maybe ultimately he doesn't feel like 
he made the movie he wanted or maybe he didn't make the movie that he set out to make like in terms of he just didn't do what he thought he could do like he didn't live up to his own expectations right which is going to be i mean it's kind of a tug of war with any director in, in any movie but i would think it's even more of a struggle is if you want to if you want to kind of put your own spin on well established comic book characters because you have to it almost seems like there's all these rules you have to abide by you know to to kind of be loyal to that character but also to keep the universe going and i think one of the reasons that he brought up right. colson dying and how he wished marvel had stuck to that storyline is that it seemed like and it's something that we've talked about in the past too is like you know there's no there's no feeling of there being consequences in this in this Marvel Cinematic Universe because nobody right Marvel doesn't, doesn't kill nobody people. dies and he, here was a character that was a total fringe character could have died was killed in the movie but even that guy Marvel couldn't keep dead and like it just kind of drives home the point that there's only so much you can do you don't really have total control and if you wanted to kill off one of these characters which in my in my estimation, would make this, these movies so much more interesting and so much more compelling. You just can't do it. Uh, even a guy like Hawkeye, who, yeah. you know, I don't know anyone who's going to watch these movies just for Hawkeye. I'm sure they exist, but I just never met him uh, or her. Um, and, yeah, I don't, I mean, I totally see, like, why he's frustrated. It's one of my main problems with comic book movies in general. Um I feel I feel for the guy. Like I I, I totally see what he's saying. I, and as far as the uh, the whole like complaining about Coulson thing, but him actually writing the pilot, I thought that was weird too. And it makes me wonder if maybe it was a timing thing, and maybe maybe they just told Whedon, you know, we're bringing back Coulson, write the episode, and he just kind of you know decided to do it. Um, but it did yeah. seem like the decision to bring back Coulson was not his, and that he, and as he says in one of his comments in the cinematic universe, Coulson is still technically dead like he's not he's not part of that universe right what he was saying is that uh and yeah spoiler alert right i guess but colson's not in the film at all in <laughs> that is the capacity. lamest spoiler uh, alert of all time agent colson not just, in age of ultron if you were expecting to see clark Gregg <laughs> in avengers age of ultron that is not going to be the case he also in another um, comment um I guess earlier this month said that uh, he read, uh, I guess, Edgar Wright's script for Ant-Man or someone, I don't know mm -hmm. if it was Edgar Wright who wrote it, and said it was like the best script Marvel had ever made. And I think that that also... Yeah, that was Edgar Wright. I think it also soured him on, on, on making these movies is that he sees, obviously, his efforts being undermined and then he, and then he sees Edgar Wright's efforts being undermined. And he's just realizing that in this kind of universe, in this environment, you don't really have creative control. I mean, it, it was never probably ever really part of the arrangement, but um, that he would have full creative control. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, dude. I mean, like, I understand why Marvel and the, and the movie studios would be so protective of their characters. I mean, this is, after all, a studio and uh, a, a comic book company that have, like, mapped out something like 40 movies over the next, I don't know how many years. Yeah. So yeah. there's some certain continuity that you have to do. And, and it just, they're not going to be killing off characters that they see as and, and, potentially and these profitable kind of things, down the line. 
Right, and these kind of things happen on the comic side too. In the comic universe, under the the publishing title of Marvel Comics, editors and writers get into tiffs all the time because writers want to do certain things with the characters, and the editors are like, "No, we can't do that. We have this stuff planned out. It has to do this." Yeah. You know? and maybe one of the reasons and, that and the, so the Guardians of the Galaxy director is seemingly having a better time is that he's he was tasked with uh, you know bringing a much smaller much less known property right. to the big screen and he was allowed to do a little bit more with it i'm sure it had a little bit more control over how he wanted to portray those and bring those characters to life as a small tangent to that that makes me think of this uh, interview i saw with ryan reynolds uh regarding the deadpool film over for fox studios um they had the opportunity to get a larger budget for the film but that larger budget would also require uh loss of creative control over the mm-hmm. film and would require more input from more people in terms of what just what's going to be in the film and ultimately Ryan Reynolds who's a producer on the film was like no I don't I don't want to do that he's like I want to ma- I know the film that we want to make and it's going to be kind of a weird film in some ways and that's how it has to be because that's Deadpool's a really weird right. character um, so ultimately, we decided no. We will take less money, but you let us do it our way, and that's what they did. And I think that's just something. Obviously, with Avengers, you can't do that. You just, you're right. just they're just going to throw so much money into it. There's no. It's way such a machine that, now. It's just I, huge. And you, you look at those, yeah. those, those, those money numbers, and that's obviously good news for anyone involved in the movie. But at the same time, it might not be such good news for the future of that franchise because when you when you put that much money into it. Um, I think it becomes a little bit harder to really do anything all that interesting with those characters. Like they might just want to play it safe and keep those guys around um, for as long as they possibly can. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. But anyway, hopefully, you know, like I'm going to see the movie in a couple of days. We'll do a, I'm going to do a review cast for next week, and then when you come back, we'll, of course, get your yeah. Personally, thoughts on it as yeah. well. I'm sure it's Personally, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that this is the last uh, Whedon film we'll see. Um, I think the guy really brought a whole lot to the to the first Avengers, and I think Definitely. he... Um, you know, I, I, think, I think maybe... Well, I, I was about to say he was, like, the first guy who I thought really captured the right mood and tone that I wanted to see. Um, I think Iron Man, the first one, kind of did that, too, in a way. Uh, but but I thought Joss Whedon did an even better job of that, and I think he kind of laid down the blueprint for Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, you know for Marvel movies going forward. So it, even though he's gone, I think his I think that's going to be his legacy is that he kind of showed how this how these movies should be made. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they they don't forget the valuable lessons that he's imparted. On, on the franchise and on just the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Um, so moving on to other Marvel news. Uh, so obviously Daredevil, and I actually just saw it this morning. Daredevil on Netflix is the number one rated or most viewed show on Netflix in terms of original And somehow neither one of us are even halfway through that damn series yet. But it's cool. <sighs> I like taking my time yeah, with it. No. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to watch all the Marvel films, so that's my excuse. It's like I only have so much time, and like since I agreed to do this with my mom, like it's it's maybe really quickly though. I will um, because we both watched the first four episodes. Is that right? I've watched the first three. Okay, all right. So 
Well, I was going to talk about the fourth episode, but it, no, no spoilers. But I just wanted to quickly say, and I mentioned it to you, I thought it was so interesting that they introduced the Kingpin character by first showing him on a date. And I just thought, I don't think I've ever seen that in a comic book movie where you introduce, especially the villain, for the first time on a date. But it was mm-hmm. just such a cool idea. Like, you really do get to, like, see someone. Um, I think I think uh, dating scenes are always interesting because when you're on a date, you're obviously trying to present the best version of yourself. And I thought that was just right. such a clever way to show the Kingpin um, character trying to... As a fully rounded right. out character, so, too. So, anyway, that I was imagine. just one little point I wanted to make. I thought that was... I thought that was cool. No, that that's great. And actually, that ties into what I'm about to say anyway. But, like, I think something... One of the reasons why that series um, is doing so well is that the characters are not one-dimensional. They're not one-note characters. They're making an effort to show the, you know, kind of the moral ambiguity within a lot of the characters on the show. And I find show. the writing to be, um, <laughs> at some points, like, very generic and kind of predictable and then at other mm-hmm. times just like really surprising and and coming out of nowhere um right like really riveting like there's a lot of and i don't know if you you'll agree with this but i've noticed at least in the episodes i've seen there's a lot of dialogue between like two characters where it's like really good like um i don't know i guess maybe dialogue is always between usually two characters but there are certain scenes within daredevil where just the the way the characters are interacting with one another and what they say and how they say it is so kind of riveting in a way. And I'm just yeah. like, wow. Something I wasn't really expecting. The show has a lot of ups um, and downs. Um, and I find it to be mm-hmm. kind of inconsistent. But I, I keep coming back to it because I find that um, the highs are actually really enjoyable and, and, and really interesting. And I find that the show does things a little bit differently than most comic book properties. So anyway, I'm... A fan of it. Looking forward to watch some more of it. Well, kind of in that vein, um, and this as soon as Daredevil kind of started doing well, a lot of people asked, "Well, what's next?" You know, uh, you know, obviously they're going to do like the uh, Luke Cage and the Iron Fist and stuff. That's already you know in in process. But what about you know next year or the year after that? Well, something that a lot of people have been asking about is Punisher on Netflix, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. One, and probably the most prominent reason is that if you do a show on Netflix, you're not rated the same way that television shows are on network, right? Or even on right. cable. And Daredevil has, has and, actually been really, really gritty and violent, um, compared to yeah. any of the network, uh, comic book series out there. Yeah, definitely. Like, cause I, like I watch Arrow and I like Arrow, but like if you compare Arrow to Daredevil, there's there's right. no comparison in terms of its grittiness and its you know violence and whatnot. Now Punisher seems like a tailor made show or character for that sort of Netflix uh, paradigm, you know, where you're you're kind of allowed. Yeah, you can more, get away with more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can get you can get away with more. So, you know, they were they were asking. Um, I guess Kevin Feige and maybe the showrunner for Daredevil you know, what, what's next. And apparently Punisher is on the table and is being discussed as maybe the next big thing. And not only that, here's the other reason why I like that is that, you know, you can only make so many movies in a year and you can only release so many movies of the year. We've talked about the oversaturation of superhero films before. 
but if you start to develop some characters on Netflix or on Hulu or you know even on on the network shows if you wanted to you have more avenues and people can kind of pick and choose a little more as to what they want to see and how they want to see their mm-hmm. characters um you know and and some characters i think would do better in this kind of format where you have you know 12 13 15 episodes to develop a character arc as opposed to a two hour movie. Right. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how far along they are in kind of that process, but I, I really feel like there could be a really successful show of if Punish- Punisher hits Netflix. Yeah. I mean, Daredevil's success, I think is, is going to make um, Marvel and, and Netflix look at other potential series. Um, it was a, a bit of a Guinea pig to see how this would do. Obviously, it's done well, um, so um, it makes sense that um, that Marvel would would kind of choose a, a a bigger name in their roster to try out the next series. And I've never been the biggest Punisher fan, but I'd be interested to see what Daredevil does or what uh, what Netflix does with it. Um, I mean, it's a little I don't know. I, I, it just it's almost you could do a show that's really not even a superhero show with Punisher. You know, like it's just kind of like a vigilante guy. But yeah. that's cool. You could even, I mean, you could even, you wouldn't even have to necessarily call him Punisher. You could just call him Frank. And also, Castle like, that's the perfect tie-in because you could totally have a couple episodes where Daredevil and Punisher um, have like a crossover thing because those. Oh two yeah, they cross over a they lot. They cross over in the comics, so. and I would imagine they would have very similar aesthetics as far as how those shows are presented. So it, it would it would just make sense that they would belong to the same universe. Could throw some Electra in there. Yeah, and I mean, even Charlie Cox said he would like to see some Electra in uh, future episodes, but that just might be him trying to get like a hot chick on the show. I don't know. I think Charlie Cox has also said he really wants to be in Avengers. Like he wants Daredevil to be in Avengers. So I think I think some of it is Cox just going like, "I want the give me the yeah. paychecks. Like, let's keep me going." Um, I mean, I think he'll be fine either way. But um, you know, the other thing I was thinking about. The, the advantage of doing these shows on Netflix is that, I mean, it's great that Daredevil is the number one show or whatever, but they're not as tied to immediate success as the movies are. So, like, with the movie, and kind of one of the problems with, like, The Incredible Hulk, again, starring Edward Norton, is that it did okay. It made, like, over $200 million, I think, but it didn't do so overwhelmingly well that, that you know, they just kind of dropped the property for a while. And, and that's the same thing with The Punisher. Like, there's with movies, you have this need for immediate success. Like, it has to exactly. just kill opening weekend. With Netflix shows, they're not rated the same way. They're not graded on that same scale. So there's a little bit more breathing room for a character to really get off the ground. And I think it's, I think it's perfect for characters like Iron Fist and Luke Cage and, you know, even Punisher. Uh, I think that's great. So I'm really glad that that's available to us as fans and as uh, to Marvel Studios, um, in terms of you know how they can get these characters out. Yeah, it's almost like like a developmental type, uh, like a camp, like a like a like a AAA yeah, league, like a farm or league. A, you know, it's like da- Daredevil didn't or, uh, didn't do well in the movies, but they decided to make a series of it, and all, all, now all of a sudden that character's got a new life to him, and I think they could do the same thing with Punisher. No, actually, that brings me back a uh, quick tangent back to what we were talking about earlier with weeds, uh, with Whedon. 
Um, and actually, like, I also kind of feel like maybe some of this is media driven. Like they're just kind of driving him into the ground in a way. <laughs> like because there was just this article the other day that came out where he was like, he was excited about the success of Daredevil on Netflix, but he was also like, well, I wanted it to be a movie. <laughs> Like, I told Marvel they should make a Daredevil movie, and they decided not to. And it's like, I don't even, like, I don't know if there was a direct quote from Whedon saying that, but that was kind of how the article was framed. And it kind of made me wonder, like, okay, is the media just, like, trying to make Whedon seem like this crotchety old guy now all of a he sudden or something? Like like, like, like like he's a bit of a curmudgeon, but you know what? I mean, if, if he's coming out with all these stories, I think he clearly... Just, I think he's just tired, Yeah, man. but he clearly butted tired. heads with, with people either in Disney or Marvel... Or a combination of both. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's speaking yeah. out on it now. Uh, and even if he did want to make a Daredevil movie, I, um, in hindsight, hindsight I, being I'm 2020, glad they I, think, I think they did the right, de- I think they made the right decision by putting it on Netflix. It was something mm-hmm. new, something we hadn't seen before, uh, seeing a series on Netflix like this, uh, available like this. And Netflix kind of gives you the the opportunity to, to do something that's a little bit more... Um, uh, I guess graphic or um, a little bit more adult themed than anything you could find on the network. So I, I, I mean, looking back on it now, I think they made the right decision. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, so as we close out this particular podcast, um, oh, we can't do a podcast without talking it, it, about, it, it, without talking about Spidey. Oh yeah. I mean, Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a, Oh, bloke, here's my webs. <laughs> nice, dude. Yep. And that's foreshadowing for the fact that it's been uh, leaked now or reported, I guess, that... Please help me with this I name. Wanna... Mr. Butterfield. What is no, it? I want to hear first? you try to say it first. Oh. Um, Aja. <laughs> I think it's Asa. just... Asa. Asa? Asa. Or Asa. Asa it's definitely not Asa. That's all I know. It's not Asa. He said it on Conan O'Brien. Please do not call me Asa. So it's Asa or Asa Butterfield, British young actor, Aza the guy, the little kid from Ender's Game. Is that right? Ender's Game, right? Which I, I did I not see Ender's Game. Um, he is, good, according to a rumor, a the front runner to play Spider-Man. And um, you're the biggest Spider-Man fan I know. So give me your take, dude. Okay, well, I I admit that my first initial reaction was a little bit of like a, uh, not quite a shudder, but like a, uh, I don't know about this. Because I saw Ender's Game, and while he's he's good in it, he's very kind of robotic and a little stiff in terms of his acting. Now, you brought up a good point. You haven't seen the film, but you kind of know what the movie's about, uh, Ender's Game, that is. And that character is supposed to be very disconnected and almost almost on a sociopathic level where he he kind of lacks empathy in right. a way he at the same time has a lot of empathy but in the other instances has like, has like zero empathy or sympathy so maybe that's just the character he was playing but my first reaction was like this guy's too serious like he's too you know if the whole point is is they want to do peter parker right or more importantly they want to do spider-man right that's a light character that's somebody that jokes around to really get the true essence of that character, you need somebody with a lot of, I feel like, a lot of energy and a lot of uh, wit. You know, very, again, Donald Glover comes to mind. Um, somebody in that mold. Um, 
Now, I sent you an, uh, an interview with Butterfield and Conan O'Brien, and you watched it, and you actually came from that interview. Uh, what were your thoughts? I, I, I mean, I thought he was funny. First of all, I think he's got the look down. I think it totally looks... He, he definitely looks like, looks Peter, like Parker. Peter Parker. He's also yeah. got like the kind of frame that I think would is what like an actual person who becomes an you know a spider like I don't know in, in like a real world setting if that were to somehow happen I, I imagine Spider Man looking kind of a little bit lanky and 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 skinny like that um, mm-hmm. but I thought he was funny I mean he's got like a natural kind of wry sense of humor like really dry um, yeah. he's pretty good in that interview i mean i don't think you should take so much out of the enders game performance because in the end he's playing a completely different character um the it's question true. is can he can he pull off an american accent um usually british actors are pretty good at doing that but he's young and i don't know how well he's going to be able to do that uh did he do that in enders game i don't know or, or is he doing a british accent or i mean his own accent no, I, I think say. i think i don't know I, I think it was an american accent in Andrew's game. okay well he um, might be able to do it i don't know but anyway British. i i actually think he could work um i haven't been completely enamored with any of the names that have been brought up there but at least this is a guy who's been in a big blockbuster movie already um has a good amount of experience and might be the best position to really hold his own if you will in in a scene with like some big time heavyweights like Robert Downey Jr. Um, well, he's really the biggest name, but, you know, even some some of the other guys in the Avengers. Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think it's that bad of a choice. But uh, unless, yeah. you, you know. Here's yeah. the other thing. Here's the other thing. He's got a really young kind of look to him. Like, I have a feeling that he's going to be one of those guys that even as he ages, he's going to look kind of young, younger than he is, which probably plays into what Marvel wants to do anyway because they want to kind of establish Peter Parker Spider-Man as this high school kid and then have him grow over an extended period of time. So yeah. that's always a tough thing, right? It's like you know, if you get a young actor, mm-hmm. how do you know that they're going to turn out to like look normal, you know? Like what if they just look really weird later in life? Yeah, I mean, look at the the best example of that and not to be harsh, you know, necessarily, but um, the kid from the Sixth Sense. Oh, right. Uh, Haley, Haley. Well, Joe I think Osmond, he just got man. chubs. Like, like, I don't think he. I mean, but yeah, he always kept his kind of well, like. He did get a little chubs, but like, I mean, he just looks weird, man. Like, have you he looked just, at? He kind of looks like he still has that little kid face. He has that little kid yeah. face. He's got that creepy little kid face, and he's like thirty something yeah, years old. Weird. It's it's a it's off putting. I don't want to buy anything from him. Don't sell me that dishwasher. Right. also if you're spider-man like and you're like locked in you i mean you have to like stay in great shape for like quite a while like you can't let yourself go yeah just don't move to san antonio i, guess. I don't know i the, <sighs> um yeah i mean at the end of the day uh butters i i'm not against it i just it wasn't kind of who I had in mind, but then again, I don't really know who I have in mind. Well, it's not going to be you know? uh, Danny Glover's son, dude, so just forget about it's it. It's not going to be. It's not Danny Glover's <laughs> son, man. You need to stop proliferating that No, I'm going to keep it going. It's not it's true. So, it's so it's ingrained in, in, in American culture now. It's like everyone thinks that. So. I, everyone, it's been inceptioned into yeah. the entire population of America because I know I thought it for years. I thought that that was the case, so... Um, but yeah, uh, like, and apparently they're going to make an announcement about whoever's going to play Peter Parker within the next couple of weeks because they're doing 
uh, principal shooting on Civil War now. That's right. And uh, it looks like Spidey's going to be in that, so I guess they need to get that. I read also that the filming for Infinity Wars, which is going to be two movies uh, spread out over two years, or actually, I mean... Russo's! Russo Brothers. Russo Brothers. um, It's going to come out, I think, in May of one year and then May of the next year, a two-parter. That filming Mm -hmm. is going to take eight months. That's like a whole, almost a yeah. whole year. So. Oh. Yeah. I, I heard it was eight or nine months, but yeah. Um, anyway, dude. Uh, that's crazy. That just goes to show you how much goes into making these films. And it, again, going back to Weeds, why the man is is burnt out. <laughs> I wonder if he like thinks about what it would be like to, to direct Infinity Wars and just like starts twitching and like, <laughs> like shaking, shaking and, crying. and crying. Yeah. Because if he thought Age of Ultron was tough, Infinity Wars, oh if you God. go back and read those comics, and I recommend that you all well, that, do if you haven't, and if you have, might as yeah. well just go back and, and read them again. If it's anything like those comics, that movie's going to be a fucking nightmare to direct. But here you go, dude. I mean, now it really makes sense why they picked the Russo brothers, because there's two of them. So when one, when, when, when one of them, uh, ev- you know... Collapses. Um, yeah, collapses and has a nervous breakdown. You just tag the other one in. There you go, dude. So I mean, perfect. They they obviously thought that through because, the, you know, like I was saying earlier, just the fact that Whedon even did Avengers: Age of Ultron, that was probably almost more than any one man or person should have to to deal with on their plate in terms of making a film. That's a it lot. Really is. They prop Marvel was like, okay, no, that's true. Whedon is like a shell of himself right now. So let's get two guys. There you go, dude. It's brilliant. um, I just want to let our listeners know that I'm going to be gone for the next couple weeks. Uh, We will definitely try our best to get a couple shows up on uh, the website while I'm gone. We're going to do one. uh, I can already tell you that I've got some stuff planned for next week. Uh, At the very least, we will have my take on Avengers Age of Ultron. There you go. We're trying to get Um, some very special guests to join us. Um, But yeah, at the very least, uh, you'll have the... uh, the amazing, the astonishing, the alluring, Alfred uh, giving uh, his review, the amorous, the amorous review of uh, amorous Al <laughs> the amorous review, review of <laughs> Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, There's a lot of A's know, there. Either next week or the week after that. Uh, big time apologies to uh, Valiant Comics, who were our last guest on the show tonight, but uh, we're gonna have to bump them for another week. Um, Sorry, guys, bumped again. But, um, but we'll get you next yeah, time. Um, Age of Ultron coming up next cast, uh, and I will catch you guys in a couple weeks. Revitalized, really, re-energized and ready to go uh, with my late-ass Age of Ultron takes. But um, anyway, dude, uh, that should do it for this week. We'll catch you guys soon. Enjoy Age of Ultron. Avengers Assemble. Have fun. Have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. But, uh, yeah, guys, have fun. This is all supposed to be good. good once times. you do watch it, uh, write us your take. Write us uh, what you think about it. Uh, probably don't do it on the Facebook page because people are going to be pissed if you put spoilers. But send us an email at cbcharacters at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your takes on the movie. And uh, yeah, uh, any takes that you guys have, uh, the you know, the, we'll take the best of the crop and we'll we'll read them out on air. Give a shout out to uh, our favorite listeners out there in the CBC universe. All right, man. Well, it was good talking to you, and I will catch you guys soon. All right, stay super, everyone. Later.